Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. It is my great pleasure to welcome Bob Marsh to the podcast. Welcome, Bob. Hey, Jeremy. Thank you. Good to be here. Bob is the uh, Chief Revenue Officer, Executive Vice President of Sales at Blue Water Technologies. You may know his name because he was also the founder and CEO of Level 11, which is a sales gamification software company. But Blue Water is an audiovisual tech company that does a lot of innovative high-end work for corporations, for higher education, museums, and both kind of digital treatments as well as some innovative kind of physical builds as well. But really the main focus of today is to, you know, get to know Bob and his journey to become a chief revenue officer. And just to get to know you first, I often ask people what's their favorite book, but I'd more broadly like to understand how you learn. There's books I've read over the years, you know, for sure. Um, On an ongoing basis, I mean, it's a couple things. One is by talking to other people. I mean, I think that's honestly the best way to learn because you hear what other people are doing in practical real life scenarios. But I'm pretty regimented in my daily kind of learning uh, in terms of you know, reading the trades. I mean, every morning I've got a very tight routine where I get up early, start out with my little prayer, Bible reading, jump to the Wall Street Journal, go through that, jump to the next publication, local news. In the Wall Street Journal in particular, I a lot of times are topics of nothing to do with my industry, nothing to do with kind of selling day to day. But I think it's just so important for any sales professional to have a pulse on the overall economy and what's going on in the world because it helps you have better conversations and ultimately it helps you start thinking more innovatively about how do I be attuned to what's happening in the world and how to apply it into the business setting that I'm in. That's the way you can have true, rich business conversations, which I just think is so crucial to the world of sales. You know, you get sometimes too nitpicky on the method and the science of selling a little bit, and you kind of can lose sight of the bigger picture. I'm a huge fan of David Premer. He's uh, his new book, um, Sell the Way You Buy. I just, I just love everything he writes. The work that he does is, uh, is really strong. I'm, I'm regularly taking his ideas um, sharing with our whole sales team. I bought his book for our whole sales organization. Those are some of the main ways that I kind of try to keep sharp on a day-to-day basis. There was a, a book called The Shallows from a few years ago about how the internet tunes itself for your eyeballs, but not necessarily for your brain. If you scan that left, what it used to be, I guess, I don't know if it still exists anymore, but the left column with the Wall Street Journal, it doesn't know who you are. It's just giving you the information, not what it thinks you want to read. So you're not living in this incestuous vacuum of all the people who believe what you believe in, and you gain a lot of external perspective in that, and I think understand people better. Uh, we could certainly probably go on and on. We could, I mean, but I think it's a fascinating point because you're, you're, you're right. Like you go deep on stuff that maybe you wouldn't otherwise. I think that's good for your creative muscle too. What did you once believe about sales that you know now you have a slightly different perspective or more refined perspective on? And I'm guessing that probably does tie to where you stand on sales methodology and process. I do firmly believe in the importance of process. There is a process that everybody goes through when they're when they're buying something or when you're trying to help someone buy something. I think that metrics are crucial because it just is a way to quickly objectify what you're doing because we can get lost in the subjective often and and just lose sight of I mean like the basic thing you may have seen me say it is that you think you're busy, and then when you look at the numbers, you're like, crap, I'm busy on the things that don't really matter, you know, or I'm not doing the fundamentals. And that's where I think process and measurement is so vital. In order to be a successful business seller, 
you've got to be able to have a good sound business conversation. And that's one of the flaws that I find among salespeople, you know, often is that those who can have like a, are good listeners and can have a, just what I call a business conversation, as opposed to getting in the weeds and the tactics of how to sell or the product might be. There's a big difference between those who are successful and those who, you know, kind of can make a simple career out of sales. Uh, was there a, a sort of magic moment for you where you had that breakthrough about having business conversations as opposed to, you know, sort of speeds and feeds? There's a little bit of it that I learned kind of in the retail environment, like in my first sales job. Uh, my first you know, job out of college was with Xerox, where kind of the ultimate of feeds and speeds, but they were also, they had a very good training program to help teach you otherwise. But, you know, that was a much more features benefits type of situation because that's who the buyers are. I would say, so after I was at Xerox and before I went to ePrize, I worked at a, uh, I worked with my dad. And my dad was like, his his whole career was in sales and sales leadership. And he had a consulting practice going and I joined him to kind of help build up a little digital side of the business. We did that for a few years and then went off and did something else. But he was just so natural and wonderful at being a just a genuinely good human being. And, and I found that, you know, that was something that he kind of instilled in us like growing up. But then I also learned like by observing him in business meetings with clients, how just like getting to know somebody being intellectually curious, asking questions, you know, sometimes it would feel like he'd be talking to somebody in a business meeting. And it's like, why are we talking about this? Like, this is not on topic. Like, it's not why we're here. Like, and you just get in. And, and what I would realize that all of a sudden there's this magic happens later on, because you've made a personal connection, you've made a business connection, because you understand how their business operates. And now suddenly, you know, it's not selling in the in the sense of people think of selling as about persuasion or, you know, kind of can borderline and manipulation if you're doing it poorly. It's just, as I say, it's a business conversation and then you understand someone's needs and what's going on. And then you can really tailor a solution for them. That's probably where I first observed it and realized that this is kind of a superpower to use. Do you realize that he was always trying to teach you little bits of sales? Was it intentional? Do you think he wanted you to follow in his footsteps? I would say, yeah. I mean, er early on, I think my parents saw in me the, you know, kind of you got that sales skill, the ability to connect with people and for people to trust me, you know, always kind of winning the school little go sell chocolates at Easter time, like and blowing everybody away every time and not really knowing why, how did that just happen? <laughs> like just perseverance and organization and the whole thing. Like, so I think that, you know, they always saw that and then it became pretty obvious, particularly as I started doing it. I'm always excited when I talk to people who worked for some of the iconic companies that had incredible training programs like Xerox, like IBM and others. Can you tell me a little bit about what the training program there was like and what elements of it you have pulled forward as you lead others? For some reason, I just was enamored with Xerox. I think I learned about them when I was in college and just found, I mean, that was back in the days when total quality management was this new concept and, you know, in American business. And they were one of the leaders of that here. And I just, I don't know, I just, for some reason, I just got fascinated by the company and just became resolute on that's where I want to go work. And, you know, that's kind of a story all by itself, how I figured out a way to make that happen. The training process was very regimented. Like most companies, you had your basic orientation kind of thing. But I would say that everybody in the management there had a training and teaching mentality. So, it wasn't just like we have a training system set up and 
go to Leesburg, Virginia, which is kind of where their their famous training facility is for a week. It was built into the culture to always be teaching. It was a little bit about product, but it was largely about the entire marketplace, teaching you the basics of printing and a copier versus a scanner versus a high production machine versus a printer. You know, you learn the mechanics of it, which seems so intimidating, but really are not that complicated if you just spend some time learning about it. And then, you know, they would teach us the basics of selling, like kind of the process and kind of how it all works. So they had people that their, that was their full job, full departments. It was a teaching culture, not just a training process. As a salesperson, as a sales leader, and then as a CEO, and now, you know, you've changed back into the world of sales. Like, how has that changed and evolved for you, your coaching mentality? So when I made that initial transition from selling to managing, I realized that and this was more like, again, in retrospect, is that the reason that I kind of was a clear fit to move into more of a management role was, you know, I was a very successful seller. Like I was always of the mindset of like, I wanted to help everybody out. So, you know, whenever I would, you know, I don't know, write an email that I use for prospecting or to help move and advance a project through the sales process, or I had a proposal that just seemed to really sink in with somebody. Like I was also like very obsessive about you know, what's on the slide, what's the person maybe thinking right now, and then how do I guide them through how I want them to think and make a decision, you know, just very meticulous about that. I would always share it. I would regularly be just be sending out just to my peers, like, hey, here's a proposal I just sent out, and it seemed to really resonate with the customer, you know, take a look. Or I just sent this email and, you know, just really seemed to land with a lot of people, like thought it would be helpful. And to me, that was like really simple. We're just all trying to build a company and kind of do it. And then it wasn't until many years later that someone was like, you have no idea like how important all those things were and how much they helped all of us move along faster. And to me, it was just like a really simple thing. And I realized like that that is one of the reasons why I think that, you know, I was tapped to move into management when I think I, I was pretty good at it is because I always had that mentality of, I just want to help people out. And people don't realize what they're doing sometimes is the whole topic of are you natural selling versus can you learn it? And I think, you know, there's both, of course. But in particular, those who are naturally good at selling often don't even realize like the magic that's happening. And it takes a good manager or coach to observe those things to help identify, hey, what can I teach them to get help them get better? But also what are the things that I can extract from what they don't even realize they're doing? and use it to go teach other people. Some people are just really good at asking questions. They clearly have a process they're going through in their head, but they don't know that they're doing that. It just, it comes natural to them. Some people are very good at writing things in a certain way or really good at having the right conversation or overcoming an objection. And they didn't even realize what they just did because it's just so natural to them. So originally it's just managing salespeople. Then it was managing a company. You know, there I was learning, I'm not just, coaching salespeople, like I have to kind of guide an entire culture and I'm managing now managing engineers and project managers and, you know, in a sales and marketing department, I'd never done that before. So thinking more holistically about a business was a big transition, but also that was some of the transition I want to make. I mean, we had a great run at level 11. They're still going strong, you know, sold it to a, um, a private equity firm, you know, and I stuck around and kept doing it because I enjoyed it. And I love the concept and what we we're trying to build, but also there was some realization of, where I feel like my strength is, is that I, with the energy I get when I'm dealing with a customer and a salesperson and a sales organization, like that's really what get my juices going. 
And that's what kind of made me excited about the idea of changing roles, joining this company to be completely focused on selling. And, you know, oftentimes I sit in a meeting with my boss or CEO and I'm like, I am glad I don't have to deal with what you're dealing with right now. He loves doing that. And I think why we're a great combo because like he's awesome at the operations financial and I can just stay resolute on sales and marketing and just it's like finding your strength and spending more of your time on that. As a CEO, one of your things that you were delighted by was the ability to sort of get in there with product as a salesperson, right? You know, sales and marketing tension is talked about so often, but sales and product tension is one that is also very, very real, right? Because the salespeople are always saying, we need this, we need that. How have you been able to like adapt from being in a position where you actually were as CEO able to influence product direction for the benefit of sales to a position now where the influence is indirect, right? It's probably through your CEO. My ability to influence like what we build and how we build it, you know, the way our culture exists, they want to adapt to what the market is saying. So, so right now, I mean, our company is building a full virtual events platform and that just goes right back to, you know, it's what the sales team was hearing in the market. And because we knew Hey, the live event business is uh, is not super hot right now. So we need as an understatement. So we need to kind of pivot what the live event industry means. The product team in our company, which I think is the right way to do it, and maybe it's unique to us, they're just listening to what is sales saying. Like what is sales seeing in the market? Because that's got to react to what we build and the prioritization of what we build. I mean, right now, the only way to really do an event is you have to do it virtually. But that's going to change. And that's part of why we decided to make this investment, because we believe that, first of all, it's going to be a slow reentry. You know, it's like that dimmer switch, not a light switch, where it's, we're going to be a slow reentry to the world of live events. And so you're going to have some people in a room and then most people will be virtual. I think that's just going to slowly start flipping back around. So, you know, someday when we can all be out there and back to, you know, our previous version of normal or close to it, that this idea of a virtual version will not go away. I mean, I think what people will realize quickly here is like, wow, that was actually pretty good. Like I just did this fully online version and I didn't have to travel in as many people and the production quality was great. The connections people made was really strong. So, you know, I, I think it's going to stick around for a while. It won't mean that the live event goes away at all. I think people will welcome to get that back, but suddenly you'll be able to be more, more far reaching and pull in more people. So we're all learning a lot, including the effectiveness of doing an event virtually. I have uh, pages of questions to ask you, but we're unfortunately out of time. But I'll ask you one last question, which is if you could go back 20 years and whisper in your ear one piece of either selling advice or sales leadership advice to someone, what would that be? I would say two things. Like one is listen, just really listen and probe and dig deeper behind why people do things. And so that's kind of, I coach people on that all the time. The little whisper to myself would probably be trust yourself. I look back early in my career and I feel like sometimes I would not trust myself as much as I probably should have or really could have. That's something I think we all kind of probably wish we could do a little better sometimes. It's just trust yourself. You got this. Yeah, love it. I think that's a great advice for everyone. Well, Bob, it was such a pleasure having you on. If people do want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that or to learn a little bit more about Blue Water? Yeah. So first of all, fully available through LinkedIn. Easy to find me there. But, you know, hey, I can reach me anytime. My email, bmarsh at bluewatertech.com. Yeah, always happy to have any conversation with anybody about topic of sales, career, whatever it might be. So, Well, it's such a pleasure learning from you today. Be well. Thank you, Jeremy. 
Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. Paige McCauley is our producer. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.